This is the Final Whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Sheffield United 3, Wrexham 1, a game which illustrated that sometimes there's more honour in defeat than in victory. Wrexham's terrific FA Cup run ended, but it ended in, well, cruel circumstances, but admirable circumstances as we travelled to Sheffield United, heavily rotated our team and came out with our heads more than held high. Fascinating team news. Phil Parkinson rotating his team heavily. Seven changes from the side that won at Altrincham for such a massive and difficult away game. But it's got to be said... He wasn't just prioritising the league, he was also knowing that the terrific strength and depth he'd accumulated means that he was putting out a team that had the chance. Sheffield United rotated a lot less, in came the likes of Sonderberg and Ilman Ende, two players who were courted by Premier League teams in the transfer window. And the first half had a pretty repetitious uh, pattern. Sheffield United dominating possession, dominating the game, but Wrexham defending outstandingly and keeping them at arm's length. It was difficult for Wrexham to really keep the ball and and break effectively for long periods of the game. Sheffield United's passing movement and proving was very good. And yet, considering that, they didn't make that many chances. Wrexham really, really did well. The defence didn't drop too deep. The midfield dropped deep in front of them. And it was a heck of a difficult barrier for Sheffield United to work their way through. Huge credit, considering that so few of those Wrexham players have played in that in that shape. Or should I say, in that actual setup. I mean, the back three have never played together as a trio that I'm aware of. I'd have to double-check that. If they have, it's definitely long more than a year ago. But... They battled, they did ever so well, and they kept them at arm's length. The first really good chance of the match came halfway through the first half, in fact, when McAtee burst into the left channel, but good pressure on him from Young and Toza forced him a little wide, and he slashed hurriedly as a shot from 10 yards out, which went well wide of the left post. When Sheffield United did carve out good chances, it often tended to come on the break when Wrexham were able to get up the pitch. And Wrexham were looking to get up the pitch. They certainly weren't parking the bus. Jacob Mendy was particularly progressive down the left-hand side, really looking to drive forwards. And it was interesting to note that even though Wrexham were having to do a lot of defending, when we went forward, we had something about us. Sam Dolby was winning header after header. Paul Mullen clearly had the beating of the centre-backs and Mendy established early on that he could outpace Basham down the right and deliver from the flank. It was a fascinating situation and Wrexham went close in the 29th minute, Dolby flicking the ball on well, the third header he won in the space of a minute as Wrexham tried to probe with long balls. Mullen put it on beautifully on the turn with his first touch, spinning away from his man and from 25 yards hit a shot which looked on target but which was deflected wide. From that corner though came the first example of Sheffield United breaking really well and well, (laughs) it should have been a goal. In fact, I called it as a goal before the ball even got in the box. Wrexham Caught on the breakaway, ball played forwards, and suddenly it was a two-man break on Rob Lanes and McAtee carrying the ball. He had support. He chose not to pass and instead just took the shot on himself. Lanes had got his angles right and McAtee put it just wide at the left post. It was a real howler. 
Um, he just had to draw Leanton and, and knock it square for a tap-in, surely, but he didn't. And Wrexham survived. We also survived when there was a moment of danger. McAtee breaking into the box down the right channel, managing to get there ahead of Cannon, helped really by the bounce of the ball rather than an error by the Wrexham man, and pulling it back to Ahmed Hodzic, who really should have scored from 10 yards out. He struck it powerfully, but Lainton hurled himself at it and made a crucial save, the ball ricocheting away to safety. But like I said, it wasn't all Sheffield United, and there was a wonderful breakaway when the ball was fed into the Wrexham box, Young reading it superbly, intercepting and bringing the ball forwards quickly. Mullen brilliantly turning and driving down the flank, feeding it inside for Dolby and then got on the box for the, re box for the return. Dolby feeding it in and Egan just about managing to beat Mullen to it. He would have had a simple finish if Egan hadn't managed to get there. And as the half wore on, Wrexham did have more threat. Toza hurling in a long throw, headed clear. Toza got to the loose ball and smashed it back in. Terrific power from about 25 yards on target, but straight out Davis, unluckily for Wrexham. And straight away, it was Sheffield United breaking. Egan with a terrific pass through the middle. It just broke through the lines and found McAtee again. He span and was surging through and seemed to have earned himself a clear sight of goal when Young from nowhere came in and made a magnificent tackle from behind and Wrexham survived until the corner came in. Osborne sweeping it in, Egan with a free header 10 yards out, should have done better. That was an interesting point as well. Osborne's corners from the left-hand side, and he had lots of them in the first half, were terrific. And Sheffield United, as we saw at the race course, are a very good side on set pieces. And they were consistently winning that first ball. It must be said, though, beg your pardon, that, that that was really the only chance worth mentioning from a corner. Because although Sheffield United worryingly were winning the first balls, Wrexham were defending the second balls exceptionally well and getting the ball clear. So, the second half started, and, well, who'd have thunk it? Wrexham managed to get on the front foot and stayed there. Absolutely terrific stuff from Wrexham. They really started piling on from the start. It was a completely different game from the first half. The problem for Wrexham was that they were open to the break again, and coming forwards made them even more open to the break. And so, despite a really good start of the half, after 50 minutes, they were behind. It was a lovely goal, though. Ahmed Hodzic coming forward from centre-back, driving into the right channel, receiving a lovely pass from Ndai and drilling the ball into the top right corner. Really good, tidy approach play. And Sheffield United took the lead. They could have made it two as well. Ndai feeding it into the box. Oh, sorry, a breakaway. Berg feeding Ndai. He squared it perfectly. Looked like Sharp should score. But Lainton raced straight off his line and again made another excellent save to block the ball clear. Wrexham came forwards and got a penalty. Real dramatic moment. Cannon on the left-hand side doing really well. Mullen, right, for both this and the subsequent penalty we would get, you've just got to watch his movement. Never mind the ball. He's just constantly shifting from one place to another and in both cases just bamboozles the defender. On this case, I mean, Ahmed Hodzic is another highly, highly rated defender, but he just didn't know when Mullen was going to go. Cannon did. And when Mullen ran in behind him, Cannon played it in, and Ahmed Hodzic grabbed hold of him. The foul started outside the box, 
but definitely continued into the box. Mullen certainly made sure of that as well, jumping into it. And the referee quite rightly gave the penalty. Mullen stepped up and smashed it into the roof of the net. Wrexham equalising and right on top of the game at that point. We made a double change at that point. The subs already were ready. Dolby coming off, Palmer coming on. And McAlinden replacing Mendy, who'd done well to last 60 minutes in a, a game uh, after a, a decent layout with injury. And Wrexham pushed on five minutes later. Palmer nearly teed up another chance, picking the ball up after a Sheffield United attack had broken down. Carrying the ball forward superbly, only Mullen ahead of him. And then Jones made an excellent run into space on the right. Palmer spotted him, switched it off, out, and Jones was just beaten to it in the 50-50 by Robinson. Otherwise, Sheffield United would have been completely opened up. And the pressure didn't stop. Young sweeping in a corner from the right-hand side. Mullen peeling backwards off his man, found himself unmarked 10 yards out. But having backpedalled, didn't get a proper contact on it. His header went wide. Palmer managed to keep it in. And Wrexham spent another 30 seconds in the Sheffield United box without being able to carve out a clear chance. But it did clear, carve out a clear chance of 18 minutes left. McAlinden on the left-hand side doing absolutely brilliantly to wait a pass inside between two defenders and pick up Mullen again running into that left channel. Again, he paused, waited, and then went. It bamboozled Norval, who'd just come on. Norval's, beg your pardon. And he, just, and he lunged in and brought him down. Again, an absolute cast-iron penalty. Mullen this time stepped up, decided to go inside the left post. And Davis dived to his right and made an excellent save. And, and watch it again. Watch the replay again. That's not a bad penalty. He's gone for power. He's gone to the side. And Davis has done ever so well to get the right way and get a hand to it before it's just surged past him. A cruel moment for Axum. And I'm reluctant to say a turning point. It, it ostensibly looks like one. But the reasons for what happened next were deeper than a missed penalty. Uh, Rex made a change. Harry Lennon had lasted 74 minutes, which is outstanding. Tom O'Connor came on at the back for him. The game was changing by then. Not a comment on O'Connor at all. But... You could see that Wrexham were tiring. It was like the Coventry game, in a way. We'd worked so very hard that the strain started to tell. You know, a championship side is, is bound to have terrific reserves of energy. And you could just see that the tank went empty. We did make more changes. Bickerstaff came on for Mullen, who had cramp. Lee came on for Cannon. But Sheffield United was starting to pen us in. 12 minutes left, free kick lifted in, sharp with a, a good-headed chance from eight yards out, another good save by Linton dropping down to his right. Then a fabulous pass by Norwood, picking sharp out down the right channel. His first touch was excellent, but Toza put him under pressure, and he slashed it wide to the right post from eight yards out. Then, as we went into added time, with Wrexham absolutely on the ropes and clinging on for dear life, Sheffield United a big shout for a penalty. I've got to say, Sheffield United were very unhappy with the referee, and unfairly so. The two penalties you gave to Wrexham were cast-iron penalties. Um, I thought, in general, he handled the game well, but he got this one bang wrong. Norwood drilling in a shot, Elliot Lee turning his back and diving across the block. Minutes earlier, he'd made a brilliant, legitimate block, but his arm was up, it hit his arm. It was a penalty, no question. Um, and the ref didn't give it, inexplicably. And so we got to the fourth minute of added time, still 1-1, six minutes were added. 
And then came a, a cruel moment as Wrexham managed to break. Palmer did ever so well to ride the challenge and found himself on the edge of the area with a sight of goal. He also had Anthony Ford in acres of space on the right side of the box, completely unmarked, but chose to shoot himself, which... With hindsight, wasn't a good choice, but I've got to say, you know, he'd earned a chance to hit it. He did hit it. It was blocked, ricocheted out, and Sheffield United made a decisive attack. The ball was not long to the left. Cluith was there. It was his ball. And sadly, the young lad, who did really well all through the game, made an error. Tried to control it. Didn't. It hit his leg. Went through his legs. And that was the end of that for Wrexham as Sharps latched onto it, surged to the edge of the area, had a look across at the surveyor's options, and then did ever so well as Toza came back at him to just sidestep and slot a great finish into the bottom right corner. Sheffield United had the lead. Wrexham tried to throw everything at United and inevitably got caught on the break again. This time it was uh, on the edge of the box. A lovely breakaway initially by Sheffield United. The pass to died just a bit too strong, but he did brilliantly to keep the move alive by sliding in and creating a loose ball. Elliot Lee made an excellent tackle, but then was tackled himself. I've got to say, I think if we weren't so exhausted and aware that the game had gone, I think we may well have been making an issue about that tackle on Lee, because although the ball was definitely cleanly won, the man was hit hard too, but no foul was given. Dai played a perfectly weighted pass into Berg and Berg raced in and smashed the ball home to make it 3-1. A brilliant performance by Wrexham, absolutely outstanding in every regard. And over the course of the two games, well, I think you could certainly on balance of play argue very strongly that Wrexham deserves to win it. However... Football's not determined on balance of play. It's determined on quality of finishing. And Sheffield United's class in the final third was a real cut above. That was where they showed their championship quality. Wrexham defended brilliantly. But there were times when you just couldn't defend against the sharp passing and movement of Sheffield United. Uh, they, they cut us open beautifully. And therefore, they deserve to go through. Individual performances? Well, Lainton. Lainton coming in, having looked a touch rusty against Altrincham, was Lainton at his best. That was outstanding from him. The, the shot stopping was brilliant. He made three or four really good saves, really big, important saves at important points of the match as well. Brilliant to see Lainton performing like that. The back three, well, another hats off to Harry Lennon. 74 minutes he managed. You know, the guy is really so unlucky with injuries. Um, to be put into a game of that intensity, he he didn't put a foot wrong. He was, defensively, he was excellent. He passed the ball out from the back as well. And huge credit. Wonderful to see that. When you think that we gave him a contract to prove his fitness, well, I, I don't know if he could do much more than what he's done, to be honest with you. And he has to be in contention now to be starting games in the league. Toza, again, strong, solid, giving problems from throw-ins as well. Made a couple of important covering runs and blocks on the edge of his box. And Cluith had another good game, but sadly made a mistake at the end. We shouldn't point a finger at him. In fact, I've got to be frank, and I said it in the commentary around the 90-minute mark, that we were so exhausted that added time could get a bit ugly. Um, bearing in mind that the important thing is the league, maybe it was no bad thing that they got the goals in injury time and didn't make us play an extra half hour of what would have been gruelling football where it would have been extremely difficult for us to 
to hold out for penalties. Wing-backs, Ford did well getting forwards and again was solid defensively. The only time he had problems, and we did in the first half a little bit on his flank, was, was because players were putting the ball in behind because he was looking to get forwards. Um, but that's that's how we play. That's not a criticism of him. He did a good job on any individual any sort of uh, battles that he had. On the left, Mendy, I mean, had a couple of scratchy moments, but he's coming back from injury as well, and he put in an excellent hour and was really doing well driving forwards too. He did very well dealing with Basham. Chris Basham, normally a centre-back, was playing as a wing-back and getting forwards, and they were standing lots of diagonals up at him at the far post, and Mendy did well to deal with him. And nothing really came of that. As for the midfielders, yeah, Young, like I said, all those interceptions I mentioned, such hard work that he put in. Terrific. Jones, likewise. Jones, you know, in the, in the first half, their discipline in holding the midfield together was terrific. And as always, Jones just keeps working and working. And then, equally, Cannon. So Cannon, a player who's had to bring up his fitness, who hasn't been quite ready to start games much, um, looked very, very good indeed. Really comfortable and adroit on the ball. Um, good positionally. Brought the ball forwards well. Played astute passes in the final third. And you could really see why he's an exciting signing. Up front, well, Dolby, hats off to him again. Really did well. Won a lot of balls in the air, was physically strong against the centre-backs, didn't get any real chances on goal, but he continues to, to develop really promisingly. And Mullen was utterly outstanding. Forget the penalty, I mean, he struck it well. Give credit to the keeper for a good save. But my gosh, Mullen, man of the match, in a, in a team of heroes. Because quite frankly, he scared probably the best defence in the Championship. He really scared them. He was going at them. His pace, his movement, his intelligence. He was too quick for them. Every time they got the ball, he often got the ball in isolated situations. It was not a problem. He'd bring it down. He'd get a turn in. He'd run at them. And he had them running scared. He was utterly superb. I mean, his movement for winning the penalties was magnificent. Uh, I feel so sad that he missed the second penalty because he didn't deserve that. But Mullen put in an absolute masterclass and showed why he is a, a player who should not be playing in a National League. As for the substitutes, five of them to go through. Well, McLinden did a decent job on the left-hand side and his pass for the second penalty, utterly brilliant in terms of weight and timing. She deserves a lot of credit for that. Did well. Um, up front, Palmer put in a really good stint as well. He was also winning headers and, and played some nice passes, which nearly opened Sheffield United up. O'Connor came on at the back and was solid enough. Was, you know, he didn't have much chance to really influence things, but absolutely was solid enough. Bickerstaff came on up front uh, and he, he physically he did well, trying to battle with the centre-backs. Oh, he would have been disappointed, though, because there was one moment where he got on the half turn and again there was space on the right and loads of room for Jones and he saw it and he just didn't play the pass quickly enough and a really good tackle came into the line and I'm sure he would have been really, really frustrated at uh, being denied the chance to play that pass. And somebody else must have come on. Who else came? Oh, hang on a second. No, it wasn't. Who was it? I don't know. Whoever else it was, they must have done a good job. I'm going to cheat and look at my notes because I'm embarrassed now because I forgot. It was. Why didn't I do this before? 
Elliot Lee, of course, Elliot Lee, who couldn't get into the game creatively because basically he came on just as we were tiring. He worked very hard, made two great blocks, one with his head, one with his hand, and was very unlucky on the tackle on him for the third goal, which is could have been a foul. Uh, he also was subject to a very cynical foul by Berg that got the uh, um, yellow card because Lee was about to get right into the position he likes in midfield with space in front of him and strikers able to make runs and Berg took him out to stop him from getting into that sort of situation. So yeah, fantastic stuff. I guess I have to adjust the um, elephant in the room. What happened after the match? I don't want it too much, in all honesty. Um, I think all I can say is that Billy Sharp didn't cover himself in glory of what he did after the match. And the key thing to consider in this is that we've had a, a media furore that's lasted for a couple of days, which has had a lot more attention than the brilliant football served up by both teams in both matches, which I think is a great shame, and also maybe is an indication of the priorities of big chunks of the media these days, which is a pity. But also that in the midst of all this furore, something which seems to be absent is what he took offence to. Because, as Colin Henry's rightly said in the press conference when he pointed out uh, that the club have made one tweet which was referring back to a celebration Wrexham were doing in October, November, which is the Son Young Men celebration. It would be a very, very odd football club that if they then coincidentally drew Spurs, wouldn't make some comments on the fact that coincidentally we've been using one of their celebrations. And that's all they did. Certainly not anticipating that we will go to Tottenham and we're bound to win. Utterly embarrassing, Sharp talking about how we thought we'd won already. We're 72 places below them. But I don't want to concentrate on Sharp too much. I mean, to be honest, he doesn't deserve my attention. What I will say is that on leaving the press box, it was quite interesting to walk down a, an empty stairwell and then find there was a Sheffield reporter there, clearly talking to his editor, um, asking whether it was OK for him to ramp up the idea that Parkinson and Sharp had previous. There's a photo going around, isn't there, of a, a photo from a previous game when Parkinson was managing Bradford or somebody and they're having an argument on the side of the pitch. And and that's the point, isn't it? The, the media haven't addressed the argument at all. They've not actually said, right, what did Wrexham do? Because if you go and look, then you know that Wrexham didn't do anything. Um, instead, they're just interested in cranking up arguments, controversy over nothing. And it's a shame, and it's embarrassing. And that's why I'm going to end now, because I've just added another two minutes to it and I'll probably do more on Dragon Art next week as well but it's just a sad indication that you can have a fabulous cup tie like that where a non-league team can nearly pull off an incredible shock and all we talk about is a storm in a teacup oh well never mind it was a day to be proud of the Wrexham fans showed that and the Wrexham fans were magnificent and it was a day in which again we showed why we are at the start of a hell of a journey with the final score of Sheffield United 3, Wrexham 1, I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.